Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you again today, Missouri Training Institute. Good morning. Morning. Oh, we are on part four now of, I think it's going to be about a five part series. Okay. I haven't quite Let's decided, team. Honestly. <laughs> well, there's so much we could talk about. There oh is. I this is. Yeah, this is everything. Well, and what is interesting when I think back to, if you've listened to some of our, our first episodes, you know, we, we tried to like take some really big concepts and just push it together in 30 minutes or less. And it was like, man, I feel like we didn't, we just touched the surface. So to your point, Ray, a few weeks ago, you mentioned this idea of these series allow us the opportunity to really dive a little bit deeper into specific areas of one maybe larger topic. Yeah. And so I encourage you, go back and listen to uh, the the first three episodes in this teamwork makes the dream work and and some of our other series for that matter um but where we're heading today so we first started out as leaders talking about kind of creating a vision what do you want your team to look like um and then that's whether you're starting a fresh team or whether you're coming into a team then we went into the idea of the stages of team development recognizing that every team will go through that that was episode two or part two Last week, we spent a lot of time talking about clicks or dismantling clicks in the workplace to create an environment of, of inclusivity um, that's, that's welcoming to, to all individuals there. And this week, we're going to talk now because we made a reference last week about dynamics. Team dynamics was used. And I wanted to just give our listeners off the top this idea of what are team dynamics? And then even more specifically, uh, what do you need to do individually as a team player to contribute positively to those overall team dynamics. And so that's where we're heading today. And so with that, I kind of want to ask you all, as you think about, you've done a lot of sessions on team dynamics. What does that mean? If you can break that down, what does that mean? You know, when I think of dynamics, just in relation to anything, I think of one thing working in concert with another. So it's these you know, for a team, these unconscious psychological factors that influence people's performance um, and therefore influence their behaviors, which influences their performance. Right. Um, And so they're made up of individual peoples. Mm -hmm. Right. And all of their beliefs and um, ideas. But that dynamic part is how are they working or not working right. together. Right. How are they interacting? Right. Maybe there's the neutral word. Mm-hmm. So give me some examples. When we think about kind of some some dynamics and whether we want to say some good team dynamics or some maybe not so good team dynamics. Y'all have seen a lot. Well, where should we start? You want to start with the <laughs> negative or do you want to start with the positive? You know, initially, just let, let's just set up the ideal because I okay. think, uh, you know, when I initially think of great team dynamics, I think of about a a group of individuals that are coming together and they're working toward the same Mm -hmm. purpose, right? Mm -hmm. The same, we might be approaching it very differently because we all have different skills and different talents, but guess what? That's okay because we're all working to get to the same destination. And I think keeping that in mind is a sign of good team dynamics. Yeah, and and to even take that further, you know, when you do have a, a group of different people working with a common purpose, I think another great team dynamic that I like to see is that people are very self-aware of each 
of themselves and each other. So um, they understand the individual strengths that everybody that individuals bring. Um, they tap into those things. Um, you know, they're, they're very self-aware. They're very honest about those kinds of things with one another. So um, I, I like to see that self-awareness among my team members that, hey, they understand that if I make a decision, if I do something, it's going to impact my other team members in this way. Um, and I like it when they I like it when they can uh, foresee those kinds of things. Yeah. And what I hear in that, too, is an element of empathy, then mm -hmm. being able to empathize with, um, again, how things are affecting other people. And again, empathy is not connecting with the situation. I don't need to put myself in Dewey or Ray's shoes, but it's really recognizing the feelings behind uh, the situation and connecting on that level. And then also really being able to um, regulate yourself. So we talk about self-corrective behaviors, understanding that just as much as you said there, Dewey, like my behaviors impact other people. And so in order to empathize a little bit better, how do I regulate maybe some of my own emotions that I might be feeling at the moment? Mm -hmm. I think there is that element of self-discipline that comes in here. Mm -hmm. Um, recognizing that you are part of something bigger than yourself and kind of, you know, what that impact is. Um, and sometimes it does require that self-discipline in a professional environment, mm -hmm. you know, that I am having this emotion right now to your point about self-regulation, but is now the right time to demonstrate it or in what ways would be appropriate to demonstrate it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, kind of that self-discipline, especially in a leadership role, because you are judged at a, at a different standard mm -hmm. by a different standard. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I think about all the positive team dynamics that I want to see, it's, it's almost like defining what a, um, a really high performing team looks like. And then thinking about all the behaviors in terms of how they're working with each other to really understand those dynamics that you really want to see. So, you know, I, I think about things like, um, I want my employees and I want our teams to, to remain accountable for themselves. I don't want them blaming one another for things. Um, I want to see, um, uh, that accountability. I want to see people ask for feedback from one another, you know, that they're open to that kind of stuff. Um, so, Again, it's about defining what a successful team looks like and then thinking about what are the behaviors that help that make that team that successful. Right. I think to an, an interesting thing I'm thinking about in the moment here, as you're saying that, Dewey, is as a leader or even as a team member, if you're thinking of these dynamics and what you want to be able to contribute to, sometimes you may not have good examples to where you can actually set those those standards, you know, or, or have even a clear understanding of what would a high performing team look like, whether it's but a lot. you have an imagination. You do. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's also, so to, yes, there's also a lot of information on the internet, my friends. And so what was interesting to me as I was doing research for this is I actually was curious. I'm like, okay, what companies globally are considered to have really high performing teams? And, and then finding out what is it about how they work and then being able to kind of pick and choose, right? I say, okay, well, I'd like to include that with my team or, you know, so just getting a kind of a bigger idea. Um, some of among the top there with Microsoft, Google, uh, HubSpot, which is a good marketing platform. So um, again, I'm also not opposed to being the person that like calls and picks up the phone, like what we did with VU. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember a couple of years mm -hmm. ago, we know VU has a great uh, program related to kind of culture and creating a very and great people culture. Don't know, we're talking about Veterans United. Oh, yes. Yes. Veterans United. Sorry. <laughs> VU, very well known here in, in Colombia. Company. Yes. And, like, but we, 
pick up the phone and just talk to their director of culture. What are you all doing? All right. How's it working? And so don't be afraid to step outside of the box. Yeah, I think you just describe the benchmarking process, right? Yeah. You know, um, what are other people doing that are the best at that? And, yeah. and how can we learn from that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, you do have an imagination if you've, if you've never worked for a team that had, that was a high performing team or had these, you know, really good team dynamics, it can be somewhat difficult then to kind mm-hmm. of think about it. But I, you know, I love SpongeBob here. You imagination. <laughs> I never knew you watched Spongebob. I love Spongebob. Oh, my goodness. I'm wearing that are revealed. <laughs> you know, I mean, to, to kind of carry on with that idea, you know, of course, research, because uh, we're research based here. But um, really, if you're feeling like there's not good time team dynamics, I think you can almost say, OK, so the opposite of that would be what? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if, if we're not doing this, you know, what should we be doing? Mm-hmm. I think the trickier uh, question then becomes, how do we get from here to there? Mm-hmm. If we're not operating, you know, under the this the auspices of, of great team dynamics, you know, how do we get from where we are to where we want to be? Yeah. That's not easy. <laughs> no, because it, it requires a change of behavior. Right. Um, you know, I can I can change, you know, oh, we don't have good team dynamics. We need good team dynamics. That's a thought. However, uh, you know, that's just ink on paper. Yeah. Um, the execution of the behaviors that it takes to go from wherever you are to the ideal mm-hmm. imagination, um, <laughs> you know, that is the hard part. Well, yeah. I think what you're getting to, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, is you're really getting down to some of the causes of really poor team dynamics. So you're identifying those negative behaviors. Um, and, and, you know, because when I think about poor team dynamics, it's, uh, again, I'm going to say it, it's, it's the manager. manager. <laughs> Probably. Every podcast episode, <laughs> yes. y'all. You know, it's, it is, it's weak leadership, right? You know, they're not dealing with the difficult stuff directly. They're avoiding it. They're pretending it doesn't exist, sweeping it under the rug. Um, They're not having those sometimes difficult conversations to correct behavior among their team members. And so, um, you know, to me, that's where uh, the root cause of a lot of this is from. I think it can also be not not so much I'm ignoring it like I see it and I'm ignoring it, but sometimes I think leadership can be so far removed from it mm-hmm. that they're aloof. They they don't even know Unaware. what is going on. So mm-hmm. I think there's that lack of awareness that also fits under that title of weak leadership, just mm-hmm. not paying attention to your people and what's going on mm-hmm. um, and taking care of the people you're supposed to be taking care of. So, you know, sometimes that unawareness or even you know, work's getting done, but we're focusing on the wrong things. Mm. And I think leaders that spread themselves out too much, leaders that take on every project Mm -hmm. and expect their people to do everything, I think also starts to ignite some of of this um, behaviors of of poor team dynamics. 
Yeah. Well, and to add to that as well, I can imagine, I mean, stepping into a, a leadership or a supervisor, like a, a titled supervisory position or a leadership position, I'm sure it can be overwhelming in a lot of ways. And so when I think of that, I've heard several different new supervisors that have just told me like, like I'm just drinking from a fire hose and I don't even know where to start. <laughs> like I, and it, you almost kind of have that analysis, you know, paralysis analysis. analysis yeah. Paralysis. Yeah. Yep. There it is. Um, and so, recognizing like how can I or I've heard the idea well we've been doing it like this for so long it would be weird for me to start you know coming in and making some new expectations now because like why you know and so I always tell people you can kind of use the cop out you just attended a supervisory certificate training and now you want to start applying some of the behaviors you've learned but I mean the reality is you just got to start you got to start somewhere Mm -hmm. right yeah. Never too late. And I think that was the big concept is that overwhelming feeling of it's too late. I've let it go on for su- too long. Well, it makes sense that they, you know, if they feel overwhelmed that, you know, potentially they take no action. Right. Right. And so we, you know, they're just like, oh, it's so outside of of me. You know, I can't do anything about it. Um, it's, it's, you know, and so they, they do step back and take no action. Um and that makes sense if they're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of feel paralyzed mm-hmm. uh, in those kind of situations. Now, I will say this, though, too. You know, yes, I believe more often than not, it's probably the manager. <laughs> However, um, I think there are times when you maybe have the wrong team member maybe on your team or you have somebody that um, is expressing really um not regulating their behavior very well. Mm -hmm. So they've got, you know, bad individual behaviors or, you know, so for example, they're, um, inappropriately, you know, outspoken. You know, they don't know when to keep their mouth shut, for example. What? <laughs> Why'd you choose that one, <laughs> Or, you know, they don't participate or uh, maybe they, you know, are really not using humor appropriately in the workplace or, right. you know, whatever it may be. But, you know, to recognize that leaders, though, well, I could make the case that if you've got somebody with these individual bad behaviors, it's still going to be the manager because they're the ones that that are probably not coaching this person on those behaviors. You know, and back to the individual, um, regardless of what your role and responsibility is within that organization, maybe you, you don't belong there. Mm -hmm. And I can remember a job when I was searching for this job, I was just working at a place. um, And you had to be there though, to pick up on the culture. And I was like, Oh, this is, these are not my people. Mm. Right. You know, I don't know, 50 or 60 people in the organization owned by brothers. Um, So it was a family business Mm -hmm. um, and just a very negative culture Mm. in a lot of ways, exclusive in areas. And I was just like, this is this is not for me. Like, it's not up to me to fit in because I would be sacrificing my own integrity. Right. And so I think there's that realization as well. Like maybe this isn't my place. Mm -hmm. Maybe these aren't my people. Well, and that's a great point. And I can actually remember when I was applying uh, in the process with this job, I actually had interviewed at another location as well. And um, everything, I mean, so mine was almost the exact opposite experience. It wasn't a negative culture. It was actually a very positive culture, but it was a very modern um, workplace style, very flexible, very like beanbags in the lobby and like, you know, and uh, things that people are like, oh, that sounds like fun. 
Exactly. It sounds like fun. And for me, I knew myself well enough to know I need things that are a little bit more structured and a little bit, you know, and so that element of self-awareness does have to kick in to recognize like it may not just be a bad situation, but I would I would contribute maybe a would be the what do they call it? The wet blanket or something to this environment (laughs) because I'm going to be the one that's like on top of the deadlines or on top of this or and that might that might create a lot of conflict in this environment. And so you're bringing all the fun down. I I know. I know. I know. Ray brings the front fun. I bring the detail and the organization and all that stuff. So, (laughs) well, you know, there was one Pete, my aunt has given me wonderful advice over the years, but there was one piece I remember she said. Always show up early for the interview so that you can just sit in the lobby and watch people interact. How do they treat one another? You know, what's the vibe? Of course, we rarely interview in person anymore. But, you know, in the times that you can interact with that organization prior to becoming part of it, you know, take some time to learn about Mm -hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Who who are you being yeah. in this organization? An interview is not just about finding an employee. It's also about an interview is also about an employee finding them, finding their people, mm-hmm. right? Finding their organization. So yeah. I interviewed you ways. guys as hard as you You did. did. Oh my <laughs> I did. goodness. I was like, I'm not yeah. I'm not sitting through another yeah. Experience, yeah. yeah. I, I remember you telling me, Ray, when I interviewed that you said one of the reasons why I got a second interview was because I asked a ton of questions during our preliminary interview. Yeah. Yeah. And we because we are such a small team, I mean, we really needed to find the right fit. Mm-hmm. And so somebody that has no questions, you know, mm-hmm. just wants the job, like, mm-mm. <laughs> not <laughs> no. going to work for our nope, team dynamics. <laughs> Gotta be curious if you want to work here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and let's talk about that a little bit. So we've kind of given a good foundation of what good team dynamics would look like, kind of some causes sometimes of bad dynamics. But for those people who might be trying to figure out, like, <laughs> where's my team in this? What would be some examples of maybe some some poor team dynamics that you're seeing in your workplace? It might give those red flags that we've got to make some movement here. You know, one thing that popped up right when you said that was people that are worrying about who gets credit mm-hmm. that as, as a coach and as a consultant, that is a huge red flag for me when people are jockeying for credit and that I'm not, I, I, I know I can't share that information with dude because he'll just take it and up to the boss and present it as his own. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, interesting. That to me would indicate poor team dynamics. Yeah. yeah. I, I I also look at things like, um, you know, people that are out trying to build their own status or build their own ego at the expense of everybody else around them. You know, so how do I get my own needs met? And I don't care about whether or not you get yours on the team. Um, how do I come out smelling like a rose in any situation? And I don't care about whether or not you do. Um, you know, so it's all about, you know, how do I how do I move up in the organization as opposed to how do we, you know, need to do what we need to do? Well, so. Some of that then is they blame. Yeah. Yeah. I think they blame um, spend energy complaining mm-hmm. instead of working and 
You know, I also like to pay attention to, like you said, um, to how people interact, um, with one another. So when they are, are acting with one another with that sense of what Patrick Winsione calls that artificial harmony, you know, you're walking Mm -hmm. down the hallway, you bump into somebody, say, hi, how are you? But you don't want a response. You know, Mm -hmm. that's when you see those kinds of things. I think that's probably a pretty good indication that you've got some, probably some poor team dynamics. What's interesting to me is, is you all have been, have been speaking to this. My, my mind's going to like the traditional stereotypical like CEO in an organization and the element of like cutthroatness that mm-hmm. I think sometimes gets conditioned into our society that like you've got to have a certain element of cutthroatness if you want to make it to the top. And I worked for an organization that was like that. It's what I went to school for. Um, I'm not being cutthroat, but it was, I was in a job. <laughs> I know, cutthroat. I know. I did. <laughs> Do we have that here at MU? No, but thinking through, like, it's actually why I left the profession I went to school for was mm-hmm. because that element of, of being too cutthroat. And that's not the legacy I wanted to have. And I think that that really was kind of a, um, I would encourage leaders to sit and to consider that. Um, what, what is it that you want people to say about you at the end of, of your, you know, career? What is your organization reward? Yeah. Yeah. You know, people will do what gets rewarded Mm -hmm. or, you know, what gets measured drives behavior. That's right. So measure what you treasure. But I will (laughs) tell you, it is human nature to want to be better. It, it, think about it. You know, a bear is chasing you. If I'm faster than you, it's less likely he's going <laughs> to keep going once right. he passes you. Right. So there's just that element of survival in being one step ahead mm-hmm. of whoever else is behind you. Um, so it, it's it's how we're wired. Yeah. Right. But the, the awareness comes in. How are we using it productively? Versus how are we using it uh, in a in a harmful way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about now. I'm going to kind of hone in a little bit more with our time we have left, because I want us to consider uh, stepping outside of kind of the leadership hat here and just saying individually as a team player. All right. What would be some ways, some behaviors that would contribute to a very successful, positive team dynamic environment? Well, there's so many things that we can Mm -hmm. identify here. Um, Some of the things that I like to see and that I hope I do uh, to be a good team player is that I hope that you all feel um, you can come to me and give me your feedback right about things um and then i'm not going to jump down your throat about it or anything like that but i want people i I feel like if you're open to feedback um your willingness to listen and to understand other people's uh perception of what they have to say i think that's a positive dynamic to have so that'd be one that pops into my head yeah what about you right i think you know this like there's a difference between raising a concern and complaining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, I'll personally, and this won't surprise any of our listeners, I don't have a lot of tolerance for complaining, you know, whining, pouting, all of those, you know, those types of things. I don't see them as contributing to being a positive 
team player. Hmm. <laughs> I never would have I guessed never would have right? either, right? <laughs> no, okay. no. Raising a concern or kind of sure. saying, you know, have we thought about this or this is making me feel a little anxious? You know, I think that's a that's a mature professional approach. Um, but just the whining, the pouting, you know, isolating your, some of those things like isolating yourself, you know, more so than just like, well, I need a little time out here or, you know, I, I need to think about that. You know, I hadn't considered that side of it, you know, but being, staying in the conversation, Mm -hmm. but doesn't necessarily mean you have to answer the problem now. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and and you can get into all kinds of things when you think about what it takes to be a good team player, you know, in terms of how they're communicating with one another. Um, You know, are they remaining empathic with one another? Are they listening well to one another? Um, You know, I, I think the idea of respect is an important R-E-S-P-E-C-T. There you go. Um, you know, are they are they demonstrating that respect to their team members? You know, I, I, I look for those kinds of things as positive team behavior. You know, I, I guess what I think about here when you when you ask that question, Brianna, is these are the things that I want to recognize among my team members. Right. These positive team dynamics, these behaviors. These are the things that I probably want to go to them and say thank you for. Um, thank you for the way that you listen to the rest of the team members. I, I appreciate that. Um, so this is an important thing to make sure that you as the leader are going and recognizing these positive behaviors. Um, Cause that's again, how people you build this dynamics uh, in your environment. Yeah. And when it comes time to have that difficult conversation, you put on your big person boots and you know, you wade in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Address the tough stuff directly. Yeah. I think not in a training. <laughs> <laughs> and she's saying that as a training organization here. <laughs> well, I just think some things are meant for training. And some yeah, things of course. Well, somebody's of course. bad, bad all, behavior yeah. is not yeah. you know, really an time to bring a trainer in because everybody knows why you're sitting in there with the trainer because of that one person's bad behavior (laughs) but it gives it gives um doubt it it instills doubt in the individual Mm -hmm. yeah and i i think it's counter to what you need to be doing as a as a strong leader right you know one of the things i think about that i've really tried to work on here now all three of us at this table we've talked about this many times are very different. And as I gave you my example earlier, where I had interviewed at the place and I knew kind of the culture there, and I'm a little bit more rigid than probably what the environment would have uh, required of me. I think an important piece to be a good team player is flexing your style, recognizing how many times do we have you and I have had this conversation of, you know, Brianna, I'm going to need you to be a little bit more flexible with this (laughs) on, you know, I'm like, okay, I can do it. I can do it, you know, and recognizing the benefit that that can have in, as Stephen Covey calls it, right, the uh, emotional social bank accounts, mm-hmm. you know, because that's what you need from me, Dewey, is right. is for me to be a little bit more flexible. Um, Ray needs me sometimes to be a little bit shorter because sometimes I can be rather long winded, you know, and thinking through like, how can I really knowing myself well enough work to speak the currencies of the individuals that I work with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think knowing what your teammates need is yeah. important. Um Again, I always think there's a balance because you have an individual responsibility to show up authentically. Um, and hopefully you're working in a place where you feel like you can do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but recognizing they're going to approach that situation differently than you are. Mm-hmm. 
that doesn't mean I become you, right? Whoever that other person is right. across the table. But I, re- I respect that you're going to come at it from this point of view, mm-hmm. which may or may not be how I would see it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I think to your point exactly there, right? It's got to be an environment in which everyone is working to flex their own individual style so that people can remain authentically themselves too. I think that that, that is important. Absolutely. The other thing, and I've mentioned this on other episodes that I haven't been as good at that I wish I was better at is praising the efforts of, uh, of you all. You know, and I, I think sometimes we've talked about it, how we don't always hit the mark uh, as it, for what leaders need. And so leaders are often the ones providing the praise. But how often do we pause and and praise our leaders in their efforts and the work that they're doing as well? And so recognizing that's a big contributing factor that you have individual control over, you know. Um, and so that's been another space that I think I've just personally been trying to to work on as well. Yeah. You know, specifically to that point, um, I was listening to some coaching um, conversations and they were talking about the love languages. Mm-hmm. And of course that, you know, Gary Chapman and that train translates into a book that's also very similar, but the five languages of appreciation at work. And so that type of recognition that you're talking about also has a currency, mm-hmm. you know, where somebody, it might be words of affirmation and some people it might be acts of service, mm. you know, or it might be gifts. So if I'm receiving something as a result of my excellent behavior, it might speak volumes. It might be the currency of exchange with Dewey. But if I were to turn around and do the exact same thing with you, you're like, I don't trade that currency. Mm-hmm. You know, but I also think that's knowing your own mm-hmm. language because, you know, many times we do something or we give in recognition of that uh, appreciation, what that person needs or what we need as a reflection back to us. Like it makes me feel good to do this for you, mm-hmm. but it might not make that person feel good for you to do it for them. Oh, yeah. And so you know, recognizing in that currency mm-hmm. that uh, that does look different. And again, flexing your style and respecting um, the other person. Any other ones you think of right now? There are a few minutes we have left here. You know, again, I, I just go back. I, I don't care where you sit within the organization, but what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Right. Or not doing. How are you being? And sometimes just modeling those behaviors is so powerful because images, right? Imagery and visualization is so important. And people are actually seeing you and hearing you do these things. You know, that's that's powerful stuff, especially when you're doing it consistently. That's powerful. All right. Well, on that note, I think uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up today's episode. Of course, we could have continued probably two or three more episodes on this particular topic itself. Uh, But next week, we are going to make a a transition. I think still part five coming your way, creating, sustaining a shared goal. And this is going back into that kind of that leader's perspective uh, before we wrap up this series on teamwork makes the dream work. But thank you, Dewey Ray, for the great conversation today. And if you have any questions, comments, uh, uh, send them to us, mti at missouri.edu, or leave us a comment in the episode description below. And until next time, go be great. 
Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Workplace.